Today's episode is brought to you by the Tax Defense Group. The team of professionals at the Tax Defense Group are passionate about helping taxpayers resolve their tax debt. Their services include basic tax preparation, tax audits, resolving large tax debt, and more. They actively represent taxpayers throughout the entire USA. If you need help resolving your tax issues, contact the Tax Defense Group. Call the Tax Defense Group today at 800-850-7973 to get started. That number again is 800-850-7973, and you can visit them online at thetaxdefensegroup.com. Are you thinking about starting a business or a side hustle? For all businesses to be successful, you need a website. Rider Junkie offers website development, content writing, and SEO services for business websites. Call Rider Junkie today at 805-587-7966, and you can visit them online at riderjunkie.com. We recently launched our website, ucaststudios.com. With articles about sports, special interest topics, and more, we have some cool stuff on our site. To read our content, please visit ucaststudios.com. is going on everybody welcome into another episode of the lakers outsiders podcast we are coming to you live after the lakers just smacked the houston rockets yet again finish off the series in five games honey uh i'm joined by honey amanian i'm gary kester here with you as always honey i just wanted to ask you uh which one of us predicted that the series would be lakers in five and which one predicted lakers in six i was just curious i mean okay i'll i'll Yes, you're right. You are the one that said it will be done in five. I will point out that I did not expect that Halsey would start start an entirely new Twitter account just to talk about the Lakers. If I had known that, I might have even guessed Lakers in four, honestly. But um, obviously, she she started that a little bit too late for that to happen. But um, I'll, I'll I'll give you your kudos. You, you can you can have this win. I'm feeling good. So you point seven five points, <laughs> and I got the full point for. I mean, we obviously are two for two on picking the correct team, uh, but I'm, I'm hitting these games just right. I might have a heat check when we do our uh, series preview for the next round, which we don't know who it's going to be, surprisingly. I was going to say, like, I might just, you know, try to try to recoup those points by going to Lakers in four. <laughs> and the next round, you just, you never really know. If you call a Lakers sweep over the Clippers, I'll give you two full points <laughs> on that. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, we are live. Um, if, in case you guys didn't know, we're doing these live again. And um, so that could be a good thing. It could be bad. You never know what's going to happen live. But uh, no, I mean, I'm excited to do this. We're on Twitch now. So if you guys are into Twitch and you like any of you gamers out there or anything like that, you can find us on twitch.tv slash Lakers Outsiders. And of course, you can subscribe to us on YouTube as well, uh, just at uh, you just find us Lakers Outsiders on YouTube, and of course you can follow all of our socials as always: Twitter, Instagram at Lakers Outsiders. You can like us on Facebook as well, and get all of our content on LakersOutsiders.com. And um, yeah, be, be sure to follow UCast Studios as well. Um, you can get this podcast, uh, the weekly pod. Uh, this will be the weekly version as we kind of recap this series and tonight's game and everything that we kind of saw. Give maybe a brief look ahead, and we'll, we'll I'm sure we'll have time for uh, some. Uh, 
viewer questions. Uh, kind of the nice thing about doing these is that it's very easy for us to kind of interact with you guys in real time and answer your questions and stuff like that. So I'm um, excited to do this. And um, you can follow me on Twitter at Gary Kester. You can follow Hani on Twitter as well uh, at H-O-N-I-A-H-M. I think at Raptors Outsiders has been retired since they uh, came up short yesterday. But luckily your Lakers got it done for you today, Hani. Yeah, the Raptors Outsiders is now, uh, the tweets are protected. <laughs> we talked a little too much crap heading into the series. Tweets, and, uh, tweets not loading right now. <laughs> Might uh, buy myself a plane ticket and fly to Boston to fight some people. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, when you're just flat out wrong, instead of just admitting, hey, I was wrong, maybe the Lakers are actually pretty good at basketball. You just got to get a plane ticket and spend some money, you know, during a pandemic and try and go fight an entire fan base. Yeah. You know, being, being a super spreader of, of a virus because your favorite sports team lost seems like the absolute right decision, in my opinion. Extremely reasonable. Extremely reasonable. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. All right. Let's dive into this game. What we saw today, uh, Hani, the Lakers jumped out to a really great start i mean this thing kind of got out of hand early but the rockets i'll give them credit they did battle back in this game and and started to compete and got this thing i think uh i don't remember how close it was i know it was under i think it was at six at one point maybe um but i mean they battled back and then the lakers you know kind of pushed it right back out so um i don't know if it was the lakers just kind of knowing when they can turn it on and and off we've seen that with this team throughout the year um, but ultimately, they turn it on again in the second half and really run away with this thing and, and just dominated. Um, and up, they were up by 30, I think, at one point in the fourth quarter. So uh, what was your reaction to this game uh, from kind of what we saw and, uh, you know, kind of what what this game kind of shows and like what it might mean moving forward for this team? So, I mean, let me start with the Rocket side of this. Because I think I think they might be the biggest disgrace <laughs> to this sport that we've ever seen. How do you? This was two games in a row back to the walls, and uh, I just the effort, the uh, the energy, it just wasn't that. These games kind of frustrate me sometimes. That uh, I get a little annoyed at the other team for not trying hard enough, even though it's good for my team and that they're winning. It's just like it's not enjoyable. And, you know, the last game, they had a little bit of a fake comeback and, and made it close and made a, made a sweat a little bit, but really didn't look like they were going to win. This game kind of felt the same way. They made that run a little bit, uh, cut it close, and then they completely unraveled again. Um, I, I just I don't really see it in this team ever. Um, and, you know, I obviously gave them a lot more credit and thought they'd be a lot more dangerous heading into the series. But after... Seeing how they play from top to bottom, their stars to their role players, I this was honestly just really sad. It was also very funny, don't get me wrong, but it was also really sad to watch this. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, I thought it was beautiful to watch, in all honesty, <laughs> from from my perspective. But uh, no, it was it was super fun. Uh, I was just having a ball watching, you know, KCP hit threes, Caruso sneaking back door for some layups, and uh, it was just. It really was just beautiful, beautiful basketball in the first quarter. I thought, you know, I thought the Lakers executed extremely well on both ends of the floor. I think they were up like thirty-three to thirteen at one point, and I mean, they were just, they were just so good, so good on both ends of the floor. And then, you know, kind of let them back in it. 
like we've seen this team kind of tend to do, which I hope doesn't come back to bite them eventually, but usually they, they turn it on when they need to and, and kind of correct the mistake and then uh, they're fine. It wasn't as bad as the Portland game five where it was like, why are we even close with this team right now? Because, you know, they're without their best player. Uh, their second best players hobbled as well. And mm-hmm. yeah, so uh, I don't know. I, <clears throat> I didn't really think much of it. I wasn't overly worried. When the Lakers came out and hit first, that was kind of my indicator. All right, I think they're going to be just fine. Uh, if the Rockets would have came out and jumped all over the Lakers, then I would have been a little more hesitant, I guess. But I, even when the Rockets kind of cut it, I wasn't overly worried because I thought as soon as the Lakers turn it back on. And that's kind of the, the nature of playing this Rockets team, right, is the, the ebbs and flows of playing this team. When they get hot, they can put a big run on you. But when they do yeah. that, usually they're going to – kind of even the balance out and they're going to go cold and you can put a run on them. And that's kind of what we saw. I think a lot of times in this series, um, especially like game two, when they come out and they're just red hot from three in the third quarter, then they go ice cold in the fourth quarter. Kind of saw that a little bit today as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the Lakers have just shown a really, really great ability all series long and really even in the first series to an extent of being able to weather those storms. Um, They know that this is a team that can get hot and, and, go out on these crazy shooting spurts um, and score a ton because they shoot so many threes, but they've been able to kind of just stick to their game plan. Don't panic. Don't do anything stupid. Um, and just, you know, keep getting it back on the other end until the Rockets go cold. And now you're the one making the runs. Um, I think I, I came into this game probably more confident than any other game this series, maybe even all playoffs uh, long, just because, I think they've kind of earned that trust as a team over the last couple of weeks, uh, especially considering how poor they were when the bubble games first started, how poorly they played. But the you know the championship level that they get to and the fact that they get to it so often, they're not really a team that's flipping the switch kind of like the Clippers are on the other end. They're a team that's kind of consistently playing hard. They have their moments sometimes where, where you know they dwindle and, and, and let the other team go on some runs. But... For the most part, you know, when they smell blood, they're going at it, foot on the gas. Uh, And I think, you know, LeBron uh, deservedly so gets a lot of the credit there because he understands that if he's the aggressor early on, the rest of the team follows. But I also think, you know, the coaching staff and the other players deserve a lot of credit on this as well, that they haven't really spent their time, you know, saying, oh, we got this. We're up 3-1 on this team. They look defeated. They're like, no, we're going to come out and we're going to play crazy good defense and got a bunch of buckets the other way and start out hot. And now they're playing from behind the entire time. We're going to demoralize the hell out of them. And at that point, the game is basically over. Yeah. And um, like you said, with, with LeBron, he really set the tone early in this game. And that was kind of like one of the big things for me right out of the get go is all right, LeBron is on tonight. He's not messing around. He it's almost, it was almost like they learned from the Portland game and probably watching the the Clipper game um, last night where the Clippers had a big lead, let the Nuggets come back and, and beat them, and then all of a sudden they lose out on that extra day of rest that they would have had um, if they would have beaten Denver. And now the Lakers get at least an, an extra day of rest on the Clippers, assuming that they beat the Nuggets uh, tomorrow. I mean – I don't know when your leader does that. And that's kind of, to me, that's like the big difference between the Lakers and the, and the Rockets. And I thought Harden played better, a lot better today than he did in, in game four, but the, the leadership value that he brings or that 
LeBron brings in comparison to a guy like Harden is just there's an astronomical gap there. Whereas LeBron, I think, really can set the tone for the Lakers on both ends of the floor. And mm-hmm. I just I don't know if Harden has that same type of effect. Um, he's a great player. Like I, I don't mean to like say he's not good or anything. He's unbelievable scorer and and all that stuff. But in terms of just leadership value, LeBron is among the best in the league, maybe the best in the league um, at doing that. And um, yeah, I mean, you saw it on full display tonight. And I, I'm curious, how much do you think? the Clippers losing last night was kind of motivation for the Lakers to say, all right, now we get a little bit of an advantage here by getting an extra day of rest. If we just go out and take care of business. Oh, I absolutely think it was huge. I I literally said this to some people after the Clippers lost yesterday that I was like, you know what? I bet LeBron is watching this game. I bet the Lakers are watching this game and they're saying, we're not going to let that same thing happen to us. We're going to, you know, basically put our foot on their necks and just finish this out. Um, and yeah, like you said, that we, we talked about this when we did our little impromptu <laughs> podcast yesterday where we were talking about the difference between the regular season and the playoffs for a lot of players and how it seems like that's a more pronounced uh, gap sometimes in the NBA than it is in any other sport. And I think you see that between a guy like LeBron and, and Harden. They're, I mean, fairly comparable during the regular season in terms of their impact on, on a game, uh, especially you know when LeBron's not playing defense or whatever. Um, and Harden's an incredible player. He's uh, one of the greatest scorers probably in NBA history. He's a great passer as well. But when it comes to the playoffs, you know, that top-down approach, he doesn't seem like he's impacting wins the same way as LeBron does. And it seems like he gets taken out of games much more easily than a LeBron can. Um, Some of that is reductive, and, you know, LeBron's had some not great performances even in these playoffs. But you never really feel like he's completely out of a game, and you feel that way kind of often with James Harden, I think. Yeah, no, 100%. And I kind of thought going into the season, that's where Russell Westbrook could help because Russ plays – his motor is crazy high. Uh, He plays hard. But it's kind of like – almost like a pick-your-poison kind of thing with the Rockets because with Russ being the way he is, the motor thing like might be a positive for them in some regards – but also the way he plays, we saw was quite a negative in this series and was really beneficial to the Lakers. And they just basically dared him to try and beat him. Um, you know, I mean, they gave up layups. Russ has crazy athleticism and, and burst and, and quickness and all that. So he's going to get some, some shots around the basket. But ultimately, the Lakers said, we're going to live with Russell Westbrook taking jumpers. And if he makes them and that's how we lose, that's how we lose. But um, I'm just so impressed with this team. Super impressed with this team, man. The, I mean, obviously it looked kind of rough in game one, and obviously with Rondo being his first game back, it looked really, really rough. And um, it was just, it was night and day. I think really after game two. I mean, game two, the Lakers came out and jumped all over them, and then Houston had that really hot quarter. And then after that, it just seemed like, I mean, the Lakers just dominated for the most part after that. I mean, struggled, you know, a little bit here and there, but ultimately getting that first win against this team. After that, I felt pretty comfortable um, because they hadn't beaten them yet. I mean, they really only played them at full strength the one time. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it, they lost a close game with the Rockets shooting the lights out in that game. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm just – I'm so impressed with this team. Obviously, the underdog Lakers pulling off another upset. Although, it's funny to me that – NBA Twitter will have you convinced that this Rockets team is hot garbage 
Although I heard for approximately <laughs> six months how they were going to give the Lakers several problems if they met in the playoffs. There, there was a prominent, let's call him, uh, NBA Twitter person who um, pretty, I mean, explicitly said that the Rockets are going to be able to play Anthony Davis, Anthony Marshawn Davis off the floor uh, this series. And all he did was go and, um, you know, dominate the Rockets. That tweet no longer exists uh, other than some screenshots. But, uh, I mean, I, I think... <laughs> I, I think people are kind of are, are really seeing how great this Lakers team is. And it's actually really fun to watch this kind of evolution. Uh, it's it's fun to make fun of these people as well, but it, it is kind of cool to see it. Oh, man, like we keep thinking that this is just a two-man team. And to an extent it is, but there's role players on this team that will give you a lot. Um, and it might not be the same guy every night, but, man, you get like three dudes tonight that, that scored 10, 15-plus. Um, and you know, it's a night where Anthony Davis doesn't really have it going, you know, relative to the other, uh, games of the series. And those guys kind of pick up the slack and you still win on a blowout. Like this team is really effing good. And I, I think people are very slowly, uh, come to terms with that. Yeah. As, as much as they don't want to do that, <laughs> uh, it was just like me, uh, angering NBA Twitter today with my Alex Caruso tweet, uh, basically, Basically, my point that I think was misconstrued uh, was that NBA Twitter would love that guy if he played for somebody else. Like, they would acknowledge... Obviously, he wouldn't get the same coverage because he doesn't play for the Lakers. Maybe if he played for, like, the Knicks. But, yeah. like, NBA Twitter goes out of their way to try and discredit that guy. And we saw it on display today. The, the defensive plays he made, the chase down block on Harden, which I think was after a turnover of his own. Um, but he had mm -hmm. a couple of other really good defensive plays. And the three-point shooting has been better, uh, has come around a little bit more in this series. I think if Caruso is able to hit threes, even at a respectable clip, I think that works wonders for the Lakers' offense because you can't just – you know, sag off of Rondo and Caruso if they're both out there together or, you know, one one is out there and the other's out on the bench or whatever. That's not two guys you can't just sag off. And hell, even Rondo's hitting threes and, like, the jumper's starting to fall. So it's like if the Lakers are able to hit threes, uh, kind of like we saw today, I was watching the game with my dad and I was like, if we're hitting threes, even at, like, a decent clip, because the two games, I felt like the two games that we lost um, in the playoffs so far were just – I mean, we're very poor shooting performances, very poor offensive performances. But if the Lakers are hitting threes at a respectable clip, I just I don't see this team losing four times out of seven if they're able to do that. Yeah, they shot 19 of 37 uh, from three tonight. Just an insane shooting display from really everybody. Uh, LeBron hit three of eight. Markeith Morris again was four of four. Danny Green hit four threes. Kuzma hit three. Uh, KCP hit two. Then they got a couple from uh, Rondo Caruso and uh, the Rook as well, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, who uh, I will just point out that uh, he scored more points this series than Daniel House, um, at least on the court. On the court, he scored more points. We don't know about the off the court uh, scoring. Um, <laughs> Lakers outsiders but, after dark. We're approaching that territory. Yeah, but I mean, you're right. If this, uh, the, the Lakers defense, I don't really have any worries about. Um, other than maybe uh, one half in this series, they were just incredible uh, against a really, really high-scoring, high-octane offense. 
um, in in the Houston Rockets. So I, I really don't have any worries about how that defense is going to deal with, uh, you know, Kawhi, Paul George. Maybe the, the, there will be issues because those are incredible players as well, and they're the best players that they would have faced this entire um, playoffs. But I'm pretty confident that they can figure that out. The offense is where they can have their issues and they might get stagnant. They might have, uh, you know, issues just scoring the ball. But if they get this sort of performances from these role guys, and it doesn't have to be 57% shooting or whatever, um, but if if they're consistently knocking down shots and if their guys are not liabilities where, uh, a, you know, a clipper or a nugget or whoever is is playing off of them and just crowding the paint, then LeBron and AD are always going to be able to carry you through and you will be able to score enough points. It's not even always about just hitting the threes. That's obviously important, but that threat that they're not always really imposing on people is huge. And uh, to me, the key to that, obviously Caruso and Rondo being able to hit threes because those are the guys that get played off of is important. But when Danny Green is having these kind of nights, man, the Lakers look damn near, near unbeatable. And Danny Green was a guy that when he got signed, we thought he was going to be the third best player on this team. And he's had a lot of ups and downs this year. He's had moments where he certainly looked that way. He's had moments where he's certainly looked like he should be benched. But if he's rounding into form and he's hitting threes and he's playing the defense that he played really throughout most of the series um, and doing some of the hustle plays, the offensive rebounding that he showed in a couple of these games, Man, I, I, like, I don't know how you defend the Lakers if you, they got that guy in the corner and LeBron and AD running pick and rolls. I just want to uh, reiterate the point, if Matt Vizine is possibly listening <laughs> or watching this, uh, that Danny Green hit four of six from the three-point line today and was a plus 35. Just want to reiterate that point to Matt because uh, I, I said this to him during the game that I think – if Danny Green scored 49 points in a game, Matt would be pissed he didn't score 50. So I – yeah, no, that's all in good fun. You know I love Matt. But, uh, no, Danny Green, I mean, is is a guy that the Lakers are going to need. If, if he even just shoots threes at a respectable clip, him and KCP together, uh, if they can just, you know, hit open threes when they're presented to him. And t- tonight we saw that. And I think tonight was kind of what I really thought about this series uh, coming in where I thought the Rockets were going to have to shoot the three extremely well um, to really have any kind of shot against against this Lakers team. Watching the, the OKC series kind of confirmed that for me. And we, I, I, we've been saying, we've said a couple times, I think, on this podcast that we were kind of waiting for a, a game where the Rockets went pretty cold from three uh, because they had shot the three pretty well in this series. The Lakers just kind of were able to limit their three-point attempts. To, uh, to an extent yeah. um and this was finally that game i mean the rockets shoot 37 percent overall from the field 26 percent from the three-point line they were 13 of 49 and you see the result the lakers win by 23 points and it's i mean it's, it was just domination from from the outset pretty much you know with a little a couple of lulls here and there um but yeah just i mean just so impressive i mean when you look looking at like this box score i mean I don't think every Laker played their best, but the fact that, you know, Horton Tucker is getting these minutes, nine, 
you know, nine points, uh, four of seven shooting in ten minutes. Uh, some of that was in garbage time, but you can you can tell how confident he is, right? Like when he's yeah. when he was out there in the first half, he's still going after these guys and he's still trying to drive to the basket. Um, and it's just so great to see for a 19 year old kid who's really like the only youngster on this team. I mean, there's some mm-hmm. inexperienced guys that haven't been this far into the playoffs or been to the playoffs at all. Um, on this team, a guy like Caruso hasn't, obviously. Um, but Taylor Horton Tucker at 19 years old, getting the encouragement from those veteran players, you see the bench's reaction. And we saw it early with LeBron uh, when LeBron went, I think, coast to coast for a layup. Uh, if the Rockets didn't call timeout, the, the Lakers might have gotten a T uh, for <laughs> basically storming the court because they were all so excited. Um, but just the, the chemistry to this team, man, I, I think – I don't know how much – value it has but depending on whoever they play in the next series uh i i feel like it gives them somewhat of an edge in that category because this team is so close-knit they're all about just winning we saw it with dwight and javel i think especially which it was cool that they actually got in because it was such a blowout this just wasn't a good series for them uh stylistically and you saw they were still you know smiling laughing having a good time and just cheering on on the guys and i that's just another thing with this team that has has me with so much belief that they can pull this thing off and they can and they can win an NBA championship because they're just so, such a close knit group. Yeah, and I, I absolutely love that about them. And the guys have really talked about it a lot. Where you know they're playing in such a strange environment where there's no real crowd and they don't get that sort of energy from feeding off the crowd, whether it's a home crowd or an away crowd. Um, and and how you know the players jumping up and down. And jumping over the barriers and basically storming the court or like falling down to their knees or whatever how much of an energy boost they uh they, they give to the lakers um another interesting thing i i thought after uh game four against the rockets when thc kind of came in and had those uh you know that couple minute stretch where he, <laughs> he he was just doing everything on the court uh and ad in the in the walk-off interview talked about how you know, everybody on this team is his vet because he, like you said, is the only young guy. But that JR, of all people, is the guy that's like in his ear all the time telling him what to do. And I think that's so cool that JR is this dude that like just got signed. He's barely played with this team, barely knows some of these guys. And he's the one telling the rookie what to do and like how to play and giving him that encouragement. That's just such a, a, a great like cultural aspect of this Lakers team. Um and, and I think it is paying huge dividends. Yeah, I, I think the, the whole winning culture has been a thing that we've we've seen the Lakers kind of preach, I think, from from the outset this season and, and kind of want to correct some of the mistakes that they made last year, I think, um, where the culture was not great because all the young guys were very upset at the trade deadline because of all the Anthony Davis trade rumors. I mean, once they finally pulled that trade off, it it seemed like their focus was on building culture and build, getting guys and veteran players that are going to buy in and really just be all about winning a championship and doing it for one another. And I mean, even with like Dwight Howard, I think is like the shining example of this. Like everybody laughed at the Lakers when they signed him because like how problematic he had been in previous stops. And we saw it in his first stint that it was just filled mm-hmm. with drama and it was a roller coaster ride. And he is fully bought in and it's just been so beautiful to watch and just a testament to you know this team's culture rob palinka frank vogel lebron ad like the leaders of this franchise from top to bottom um it's just been so great to see and we're we're seeing it pay off 
in these playoffs. And we, I mean, we were hearing reports before this game of like Rockets, uh, Rockets players. There was like audible shouting in the locker room. Like they were trying to hold each other accountable and all this stuff. But you could tell like there was some, some tension there and we haven't really seen that with the Lakers. And I think there was even a moment um, kind of in this game where LeBron, it was LeBron, AD and Danny Green out on a break and LeBron threw it to AD and I think he wanted the ball back because it was a three-on-two, and he threw it over to Danny Green, who then uh, ran into James Harden for a charge. And you could tell LeBron was upset with AD, and, like, they were kind of talking it out and hashing it out. And, like, yeah. that that's – I mean, that's an example right there of, like, your two superstars, like, not coddling one another and being, like, straight up, being honest. And that's, that's what I love about this team. I think we see that a lot with Miami as well, and I think why Jimmy Butler loves it there, because Jimmy Butler is going to be a straight shooter and tell it how it is. But there's, they've also got guys on that team that are going to tell him, you know, back to his face, like, hey, like, you're messing up here and whatever. And, like, they, they hash it out, and then they move on. And, I mean, yeah. it's, it was a testament to, to – I mean, it was kind of a sign of Kobe Bryant teams, right? Like, Kobe always would tell you straight to your face, like, you know, what, you know, what the truth was. But he would always respect guys that would do it the same back to him. I think that's why he loved Derek Fisher as well. So, I think we see some of that with this team, and I think that that's such a positive – thing for this group yeah there's just so many veterans so many champions guys that have been to the finals been deep in the playoffs um and it is really really showing up they might not all be the most important players on this team you know like a guy like dwight's been to the finals as a as a centerpiece of a franchise um for a franchise that really hasn't had a lot of success uh before or after he's been there and uh, now he's not really playing in the playoffs, at least in this series. Um, and but his experience is still so valuable. And, and you know, having uh, the wherewithal where you know he gets benched for a series because he just wasn't good enough in a game, and still being encouraging, still being on the sidelines, still helping his teammates do better. The stuff is great, man. Like it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to beat everybody, be a champion, but every championship team has this sort of chemistry and has this sort of uh, relationships top to bottom. And if you don't have that, you're just never going to win. Um, and, you know, this is kind of looking forward to the next series a little bit, and we're expecting the Clippers to be there. Uh, I don't want to, like, spread rumors or, or really talk out of turn on this, but it doesn't seem like the Clippers have that same sort of energy, maybe because they just haven't played with each other so much, but there's also been – you know, rumors about their locker room being divided at times and stuff like that. Um, I think I don't, they're still such a great team that they could beat the Lakers. They could win a championship, but that sort of stuff, I don't think is really helping them moving forward. Whereas the Lakers, I think that is a, a really big boost that at least raises their floor um, in every game. Yeah. A hundred percent, hundred percent agree. So uh, I want to take, we're going to take a quick break. Um, and then uh, when we come back, I actually want to talk about, one one little bit about Markeith Morris because he was really good again today, and I want to talk about him. And then we're uh, going to take just a quick break, and we will be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by the Tax Defense Group. The team of professionals at the Tax Defense Group are passionate about helping taxpayers resolve their tax debt. Their services include basic tax preparation, tax audits, resolving large tax debt, and more. They actively represent taxpayers throughout the entire USA. If you need help resolving your tax issues, contact the Tax Defense Group. Call the Tax Defense Group today at 800-850-7973 to get started. 
That number again is 800-850-7973, and you can visit them online at thetaxdefensegroup.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Writer Junkie. Are you thinking about starting a business or a side hustle? For all businesses to be successful, you need a website. Writer Junkie offers website development, content writing, and SEO services for business websites. Call Writer Junkie today at 805-587-7966, and you can visit them online at writerjunkie.com. We recently launched our website, ucaststudios.com. With articles about sports, special interest topics, and more, we have some cool stuff on our site. To read our content, please visit ucaststudios.com. All right, we are back. So I said before we took our quick break, I want to talk about Markeith Morris because it's kind of unreal to me, like the impact that he's having on this team um, because he is just – I mean, he was a he was a buyout guy that the Lakers got, and everybody was you know there was a lot of talk of the Lakers. Oh, the Lakers got to trade for Marcus Morris, and you know give up Kuzma or Kuzma in a first, whatever. Like all this talk was, there was a lot of opinions kind of thrown out about that. Obviously, he ends up with the Clippers. I think the Clippers gave up a first round pick for him. Um, Lakers get his brother, and his brother has just been a perfect fit for this team. Vogel a couple games ago makes the the switch and puts Javale to the bench basically and puts Markeith Morris in for JaVale and it seemed to just the Lakers hit another gear in this series once that happened um today man I mean what else can you say 16 points he was six of seven from the field uh hit all four of his threes he had three boards three assists um it was plus 17 for the game in 24 minutes I mean just talk about his his performance today because he was just so so good again yeah I mean this is something we have kind of been talking about for a while now. Um, and going back to the Blazer series where anytime he got minutes, we were both you and I were really impressed with him. Um, and coming into this series, we talked about him as being an X factor for the Lakers. And I think, you know, not, not to toot our own horn a little too much, but I think we were very much correct about that. Um, Keith is such a versatile player on a team of, uh, it kind of feels like the Lakers have a lot of guys that do one or two things. Uh, really well and but not a lot of guys that do kind of everything really well uh Keith I think kind of falls more into that second category he can space the floor he can score uh at the rim he can kind of give you a little bit of a a dribble drive and and finishing uh shoot the mid-range jumper if you want um and then defensively he can guard your your bigs your perimeter guys um he kind of gives you a little bit of everything and you know, the intangibles, I think, are also – I don't think you can talk about Markeith Morris without um, talking about his intangibles. And, uh, you know, the toughness that he brings to the team, I think, is something that is lacking somewhat elsewhere on the on the, uh, on the the roster. Um, but I think Markeith is, is still going to be a huge key moving forward because, man, that guy, you know, e- even if he's not shooting the ball well like he did today – I think he is going to still give you a lot of great, great minutes. Yeah, he's just been – I can't really say enough good things about him uh, because he's just – like I said, he's just been a perfect fit. And the the, the question is going to be – and I know some, one of you guys in the chat uh, asked this, and I'll just go ahead and start off with this question because uh, we're going to get to your guys' questions right after this. Um, 
Do you think Vogel keeps Markeith in the starting lineup, or do you think he goes back to JaVale in the next series? Because assuming it's the it's the Clippers, uh, the Lakers, all four times that they've played the Clippers, started JaVale at the five with AD at the four. Um, do you – I mean, we, we said – I mean, we've talked about it a number of times that we think against the Clippers that AD at the five is, is the best remedy for the Lakers in that matchup. Do you think they just keep – Markeith at that at that spot, or do you think they they kind of revert back and go to what's worked the last two times they played the Clippers? I go back and forth on it a lot because I think having Javale on the glass against the Clippers um, and as a guy that can just kind of protect the protect the rim is really important. Um, I think it could also be important in stretches where the Lakers might want to have Anthony Davis guard somebody like Kawhi, um, and having that guy in the back line to kind of. Uh, you know, prevent shots there and be able to uh, clean up rebounds, I think would be huge. But at this point, I think Markeith is making it really, really hard not to keep starting him. And the Lakers look so good with uh, this, you know, quote unquote, small lineup or whatever you want to call it, um, that I think it might just be smarter for uh, Vogel to keep going with the lineup that is working well and has the chemistry well uh, going right now. Um, and if it doesn't work out, then your adjustment can be to bring in a JaVale or a Dwight. Um, I also, I think we talked about this uh, you know, yesterday. I don't necessarily see a huge role for Dwight in this series because I think he can really get exposed on those mid-range looks for the Clippers. Um, and I don't know how, how much you can you know, trot him out there knowing that he's not really going to step out on shooters. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's. I mean, it's going to be a combination. I think. I think you can't just sit Javale in this series. I think he does have value against the Clippers. I would probably roll with the same starting lineup uh, from the get go, but I mean, you can always tweak it from there. But I think ultimately against the Clippers, like we've said, putting AD at the five is going to be what is most beneficial for you. And you know, putting Marquise at the four, I think, still allows the Lakers to spread the floor. You pull Zubats away from the basket, or you, if you know they have Harrell out there, you pull Harrell away from the basket and make him kind of defend in space, which is not really his strong suit. Um, and if he's out there with Lou Williams, there's two guys you could potentially attack if you go small. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I would go with the same starting lineup if I'm Frank Vogel, but I wouldn't blame him either if he goes back to Javale. Uh, we'll just have to see. We'll have to see. Uh, we still don't know for sure if the Lakers are going to play the Clippers. Assuming that they are, I would be pretty surprised if they don't, but I would be, it would be hilarious if they don't. So, yeah, we're going to hop off here. But as always, guys, if you like the pod, uh, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. I think we're really close to 1,000 subscribers, and I really want us to hit that milestone. Uh, so be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. You can also uh, follow and subscribe to us on Twitch, just twitch.tv slash Lakers Outsiders. Uh, we'll be streaming on both of those uh, at the same time with, with these. So um, be sure to uh, follow us on both of those. Um, and if you uh, we were asked about, I think, donations, uh, I think you can subscribe. I think it's only like $4.99 to subscribe on Twitch. Um, so that, that is one way you could help uh, support the channel. But uh, just su- subscribing and following us, I mean, is, is a great uh, support to us, and we really appreciate it. And you can get the, the podcast, as always, um, up on UCAST Studios as well, on YouTube, uh, Spotify, Podbean, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, it'll be up there. And uh, you can follow our socials at Lakers Outsiders on Twitter and Instagram. Like us on Facebook and get all of our content up on LakersOutsiders.com. Uh, can't follow Hani on Twitter at Lake, or at Raptors Outsiders anymore, uh, but you can follow him at H-O-N-I-A-H-M. And you can follow me at Gary Kester. Uh, so, yeah, Hani, anything else you want to add before we sign off? 
Yeah, for the very kind people that said, you know, how they can donate, uh, we would love you to donate. But if you don't want to do that, you can also just tweet at Halsey and tell her to get on this podcast. We'll, that, we'll take that as well. That too. That too. We're, we're trying to get like a, a double dip of Halsey and Popeye's Chicken Sandwich uh, sponsorship for this for this pod. So far, we're just, it's a swing and a miss every single night. But uh, hey, it's it's shoot your shot September, right? So we're just gonna keep shooting. <laughs> I didn't know they were calling it that, but that that explains why Russell Westbrook played the way. That he <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so we are gonna sign off. Uh, we're gonna watch Clippers and Nuggets game six tomorrow, and maybe we know who the Lakers' next opponent is. I I don't know what the schedule is. I know that they tweeted out. I think the Lakers wouldn't start until like Wednesday. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. All right, so pretty sure the Eastern Conference Finals starts on Tuesday, so the Lakers will be probably the day after that. Um, but, yeah, we'll have to see. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your Saturday night. Uh, be safe out there. Uh, take care of each other. Um, and have a great Sunday. There's NFL football for you football fans. Uh, so go go Titans. Honey, I don't know if you uh, support any NFL team anymore. But, uh, yeah, for me, big Titans fan. So if you're a Titans fan, I already got – a lot more respect for you. So um, I will root for the Titans just for you, pal. All right, there we go. <laughs> Honey, you get your Popeye's chicken sandwich back. <laughs> All right, we're, we're taking off. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And thank you guys for contributing in the chat. I, I love you guys. Thank you so much. And uh, until next time, this is Gary Kester with Hani Amadian and the Lakers Outsiders signing off. Shout out Ron Artas, a.k.a. Meta World Peace, a.k.a. the Panda's friend. <laughs> <laughs>